podcast at Center Insights. I'm your host, Nanda Felding, a senior partner at the Center Partners, an executive search firm in London, where I run the global consumer and brand practice. The pandemic has inspired us to take a fresh approach to our business and leverage one of our greatest assets, our global network of executives. We have launched this Center Insights series to answer specific questions across many business critical topics. In collaboration with Johanna at Krisha & Co., a tech entrepreneur and strategic management consultant, I'll be joined by a guest speaker in each episode. These subject matter experts are happy to share their knowledge with you, our global audience. After last week's great session with Ross covering adaptability, we have the pleasure of inviting Paco Sole this week. Paco is the head of corporate partnerships at ISTI, the business school leading the transformation of businesses and people to the digital era. He has held international senior positions for over 20 years in the consulting, software development, automotive, and education industries. In addition to supporting companies in their transition to the digital world, Paco is also a professor of leadership, focused on helping leaders transform themselves and create an environment where change is possible. He's a certified professional coach and a postgraduate at Neuroscience of Leadership. Paco works regularly as a coach at the High Performance Leadership Program at MID in Lausanne, Switzerland, arguably one of the best leadership programs in the world. I'm personally very passionate about today's topic, as we're going to listen to his views and advice on how to create a fail-fast culture. This is such an incredibly interesting topic, as we see most traditional companies competing with tech-driven or D2C-first businesses that have a fail-fast culture at the core of their DNA which enhances their business performance, especially in the current time where speed to market, a changing landscape, and the need to respond quickly without knowing what the right answer is are everyday topics. So how to create this fail fast culture? How to move a traditional business to a more fluid one where agility is at the core? And what are the underlying human factors coming into play? I trust you find this episode beneficial. And Paco, over to you. Thank you for that kind introduction. And thank you very much as well for the opportunity of just sharing some of the thoughts about how to create a culture of fail fast. So let me start by saying easily when, when it was born some 11 years ago to help people and organizations transform to this digital uh, environment, this digital world, has been teaching this idea of fail fast and fail often. And, and I myself, when, when I'm teaching sometimes to organizations, this is one of the areas that raises always uh, more questions and, and more emotional reactions from some of the people. Sometimes I'll be teaching to uh, an oil company that will say, you know, failing is not an option for us because lives are in danger. And I'm sure that uh, an airplane pilot would also think of these fail fast as, as a very stupid idea. So I would like to put a little bit of background on where these fail fast comes from, really. And if you think about when the digital transformation process, when the digital revolution started, some of the organizations that were more successful were actually very fast in implementing things. And they seem to be uh, competing with different rules of the game. They seem to be creating things a lot faster than the traditional companies were able to do it. 
And from that, the theory of management extracted the idea and, and through the lean startup and other studies uh, and other theories or, or proposals came this idea that in the digital world, you actually can try things with not so much risk that you do not have to be working for many months or even years trying to make sure that a project, a product, something that you're trying to do is perfect before you actually start implementing it. And again, it starts at probably much more in the software development space where uh, the traditional waterfall uh, process uh, was proving too slow to compete against some of these new organizations. We heard in the previous podcast as well, when talking about exponential technologies, what exponential technologies brought were, in my opinion, a couple of different things. One was the need for speed. How can we make organizations and individuals for that matter, but how can we make organizations respond faster to changes in the consumer expectations, changing uh, landscaping competition, we find ourselves now seeing examples of, uh, of companies that are just too slow, that they can actually see the threat coming. They can, they can see it. And, and sometimes they even lead the, some of these disruptions, but they are too slow to actually implement it. And somebody else takes the idea and beats them. As somebody was saying recently, Starbucks did not invent coffee. Neither did McDonald's invent hamburgers. And, and Google wasn't even the first search engine. So you can see how some organizations have been able to scale up and create things a lot faster. So one of the first things behind the idea of fail fast is not the idea of failing. This is not about just make sure that you fail. It's about can you actually respond quickly? Can you actually make changes quickly to whatever happens to you or whatever you actually want to create and, and create the trouble for someone else? If you're in an environment, in an organization that is already able to respond quickly, you probably do not need this fail fast approach as much as some other organizations. You may need it perhaps for the second area where I believe the failing fast is also important in the environment. One is the speed, as we said. The other is we don't know what the right answer is. And this brings back uh, an anecdote or a story that I heard when uh, Barack Obama was in, I believe it was his first campaign. Uh, they actually set up a website to raise funds and uh, they debated forever whether the picture that would go into that website would be a picture of the family in color or in black and white. So eventually, after much discussion and, and not coming to an agreement, they just decided to try both. What if we uh, launched that side randomly to half of the audience and, and the other side randomly to the other half? What will happen? And uh, from what I heard, and, and I don't know the details exactly, apparently the picture in black and white uh, was able to raise much more money than, than the picture in color. And when you think about it, it's, what could be the reason for that? Can you think of a reason? Because I'll tell you what, the team could not. In a world of billions of people connected at all points in time, being hit by information of all different types, predicting the result of something that we're going to try becomes very, very difficult. So the failing fast comes also attached to the failing often. 
trying things and see whether they work or they don't, because it's very difficult in this new digital world that we live in. Uh, first of all, we have to respond quickly. But second, we don't know what the right answer is. We may try the greatest idea and fail. We may try the greatest idea that later on becomes successful, but for some reason it did not work for us. Somebody else made it, made it work. So it is in this environment of actually having to respond quickly and not knowing what the right answer is that creates this need for us to establish a culture of failing fast and failing often. Make sure that we find out quickly whether it works or not, but also make sure that we have our hands in sufficient projects, in, in sufficiently large pockets of projects and ideas that we can pursue. Because it is very hard to know in advance which of those will get traction and which of those will actually fail. So how do we go about setting up a culture of failing fast and failing often? And here I'd like to break it down into different aspects. Some of them related more to us as individuals and others more connected to, uh, as Ross Thurnley mentioned in the previous podcast, our environment. So we may have the attitude that we want to fail fast, that we're prepared to create prototyping and minimum viable products and make sure that we work in agile and we can actually turn out something that we can test within a few weeks or within a few days instead of months or years. But then find out that as soon as that project fails, our bosses blame us for it. The organization actually points the finger at us. You know, basically, the whole environment is not supportive of these fail fast. So there are multiple theories as to how you tackle this. Obviously, there needs to be an alignment within the organization. There needs to be an understanding that failing is part of what is expected uh, so that we learn and the next iteration is done with the learnings of the first one. This alignment, it's a given in some of the more modern organizations. Felipe Gomez, a motivational speaker, mentions in some of his talks, if you look at companies like Google or Facebook or Apple, they will have innovative projects in the tens of thousands. They would be running tens of thousands of simultaneous projects in the organization, knowing that probably 99% of them will not work. But there may be a 1% of them that actually becomes a significant business or, or becomes a technology that changes our lives. For organizations that are not so embedded into that culture of accepting multiple ideas, accepting trying things and knowing that some of them may not work and doing it always in a safe environment and, and, and with things that are controlled, right? The risks are controlled. This is not about becoming crazy and and just failing for the sake of failing, as we mentioned earlier. But for some of the other organizations where we say this culture is not so uh, embedded into the, the culture, what they do sometimes is create a, a separate organization or a separate department, uh, the skunk works type structure, where they can try these things with more freedom, where they have a bunch of people whose job is just to try things and perhaps with the same brand or under a different brand. So whether an organization takes the approach of trying to change the culture and aligning it so that it accepts failure as part of the learning process, or whether we are in an organization that decides to try this uh, as an experiment in a different part of the organization separate from the rest, 
still it is important to create a culture of results that is not just looking for success. The results have also to be connected with how much innovation are we creating, how many experiments are we actually trying, where are we actually incentivizing, and as importantly, are we prepared to risk some of the things that we're successful doing today to try new things? And one of the main obstacles, I believe you will agree with me, in organizations is I don't want to break what's still not broken, even if I know that very quickly somebody will break it for me. You know, for as long as I can, I want to get just milk this cow for as long as I, as I can. So just taking stock of what we've discussed to this point, the fail fast and fail often is not just for the sake of failing. What we are looking for fundamentally is speed, the ability to respond quickly to changes, and it's also the fact that we don't know what the right answer looks like. And no amount of analysis will probably give us a precise answer, uh, and it will not be a better answer probably than just trying it out. That is really what's behind the speed and the lack of knowledge of what the right answer looks like. So from an organization perspective, we've said we need to create this alignment and accepting that that is how we actually want to do it. But I also want to move the ball to something that when we talk about organizations go a little bit undiscussed. At the end of the day, organizations are not more than groups of people. How do we as individuals handle the failure uh, or this idea of failing fast and failing often? And for this, I'd like to go back to some of the ideas that we discussed at ISDE whenever we are dealing with usually executives and, and students on how to transform themselves to the digital world. How do they change their mindset? How do they open up to this idea that failing is okay if you learn from it and you've done it in, in the proper environment? And we have, you know, hundreds of companies coming through the school and we ask them, what do you look for in talent? What do you think are the skills that are more important today in the world that we live in and that you look for? And it doesn't really matter whether we're, we're talking to startups or we are talking to um, technology organizations, the Googles, Facebooks, and Amazons of the world, or whether we are talking to more traditional organizations, the, the big brands that we've known for decades. There are a couple of things that seem to be common to all of them when indicating what do they look for in people. And which I would summarize in one is humility. Are you humble enough to accept that you don't have all the answers and are willing to work with people that may or may not have the answers, but together you can actually work it out? Or are you still in a style of management where you need to have all the knowledge and control it and be successful at everything and not try things until you're 100% sure that it's going to work because otherwise it's going to hurt your ego or it's going to hurt your position within the organization. So humility is the first thing that we, that we talk about as one of those skills that the organizations tell us they look for. The second one is the ability to learn. And I connect again with the previous podcast here from Ross. When he talks about adaptability, which is one side of actually continuously learning, but he also talks about unlearning. And to me, it's like another side of the same coin. You may have to leave behind things that you've done in a certain way, perhaps for decades, that have brought a lot of success and that right now are preventing you from taking the next step. 
So humility and the ability to learn continuously are, in my opinion, the two components that any leader, any worker for that matter, needs to have today. And it connects very strongly with this idea of failing fast and, and failing often. If you create an environment by being humble as a leader where people feel psychologically safe, and again, this connects with, with another topic that could be very interesting, the Project Aristotle from uh, Google, psychological safety is proven to be one of the factors that makes teams succeed. The ability of people to be who they are in that team, which is very strongly connected with creating an environment where everybody's humble, where egos are put aside and everybody's working for the interest of the team. So creating that environment where things can be tried and we know that when they start failing, people are not going to turn their backs on us and point the finger, but they're actually going to rush to help us out and try to save the project or basically understand and, and learn, you know, what could be extracted from this failure? What does it help us to make sure that it does not happen again? So just in summary, the idea of failing fast and failing often, it has nothing mysterious in it. It's the idea of can you respond quickly and what do you do if you do not know what the right answer is? That's what failing fast and failing often is about. And it requires, of course, changes in the organization. You will agree with me, most traditional organizations do not encourage failure. And there's a good reason for that. I mean, failure eventually may lead into bankruptcy, I suppose. But the idea that you can try at a smaller scale, that you can try many, many different ideas and see if they get traction or not very quickly is what's behind the fail fast and fail often. And as important as the changes that are required in the organization, this actually forces us to think we as individuals, are we prepared to work in that manner? Have we actually been educated throughout our lives to try to be perfect at everything we do. And perfect meaning just the end result, as opposed to the learning process in it. So these are the changes, uh, again, as, as a summary that we need to make to adopt this kind of culture. The first one is for us to lose our ego and to be in a position where we are humble and willing to learn new things and willing to accept that even from a failure, there may be a learning. But also as organizations, we need to create an environment, maybe it's the entire organization that would be fantastic, create alignment with our bosses, our superiors, that what we're going to do is we're going to try multiple things, knowing that some of them may not work, and make sure that we do it in a wise way so that it doesn't bring the business down in the short term. So with that, I think I conclude this process. I thank you very much for the opportunity of sharing these ideas with you, and all the best. Bye-bye for now. Thanks, Paco. Hugely insightful. And I love how you break the fail fast buzzword down to something fairly simple and palatable for organizations as well as individuals. We hope this was insightful for you, global audience. And in the spirit of test and trial, we'll be hosting a slightly shorter episode next week, where we invite the corporate VP digital of McDonald's, Christoph Homan, to share his views on the key success factors of a digital transformation. We look forward to welcoming you back as our audience and please consider subscribing to the Ascenta Insight podcast so you don't miss the next episode. Thanks for tuning in.